Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Imagine your pastor going, yo, why are you listening to those crazy people talking about a made-up Jesus and being all spiritual with made-up spiritualities? Well, I, I would hope that your pastor does that sometimes. Why? Well, maybe because it's in the Bible. Hello, Hopeful. Welcome to episode 1947 of our journey together through the Bible. And glad you've joined the Jesus Followers being transformed by reading through every word of God's revelation of himself and considering our own life and work stories in light of that, taking you back to Corinth, Greece, and the Corinthian rebellion that Paul was apparently responding to was obviously serious enough to force him into a self-defensive corner, and the apostle was kind of shocked at how quickly they had turned away from apostolic teaching. But to get this and hear the heart where it comes from, Paul's pastoral concern was evidenced by his godly jealousy for the church. So yesterday we heard about those accusations and God's commendation of Paul. And today, well, his credentials of genuineness. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I wish you would put up with a little foolishness from me. Yes, do put up with me. For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, because I have promised you in marriage to one husband to present a pure virgin to Christ. But I fear that, as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may be seduced from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if a person comes and preaches another Jesus whom we did not preach, or you receive a different spirit which you had not received, or a different gospel which you had not accepted, you put up with it splendidly. Now I consider myself in no way inferior to those quote-unquote super apostles. Even if I am untrained in public speaking, I am certainly not untrained in knowledge. Indeed, we have in every way made that clear to you in everything. Or did I commit a sin by humbling myself so that you might be exalted because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge? I robbed other churches by taking pay from them to minister to you. When I was present with you and didn't need, I didn't burden anyone. Since the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my needs, I have kept myself and will keep myself from burdening you in any way. As the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be stopped in the regions of Achaia. Why? Because I don't love you? God knows I do. But I will continue to do what I'm doing in order to deny an opportunity to those who want to be regarded as our equals in what they boast about. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no great surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will be according to their works. I repeat, 
let no one consider me a fool. But if you do, at least accept me as a fool so that I can also boast a little. What I am saying in this matter of boasting, I don't speak as the Lord would, but as it were, foolishly. Since many boast according to the flesh, I will also boast, for you, being so wise, gladly put up with fools. In fact, you put up with it if someone enslaves you, if someone exploits you, if someone takes advantage of you, if someone is arrogant toward you, if someone slaps you in the face. I say this to our shame. We have been too weak for that. But in whatever anyone dares to boast, I am talking foolishly, I also dare. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm talking like a madman. I'm a better one. With far more labors, many more imprisonments, far worse beatings, many times near death. Five times I received the forty lashes minus one from the Jews. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. I have spent a night and a day in the open sea. On frequent journeys, I faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, and dangers among false brothers. Toil and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, cold and without clothing. Not to mention other things, there is the daily pressure on me which is my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I'm not weak? Who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation? If boasting is necessary, I will boast about my weaknesses. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who is blessed forever, knows I am not lying. In Damascus, a ruler under King Aratus guarded the city of Damascus in order to arrest me, so I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. Boasting is necessary. It is not profitable. And that, my friends, gets us up through chapter 11. Uh, the irony, my friends, is that Paul's tenderness and pastoral concern was apparently used against him as a supposed weakness. Yet his strength, born of and sustained by the Holy Spirit, speaks truth. And remember this, a false Jesus means that you've got a false gospel, and a false gospel doesn't change anything or anyone. It doesn't save anything or anyone. So, Turning to our Old Testament segment, we get to the next section of Isaiah and a set of laments. There are six of them kind of smack in the middle of, of uh, Isaiah, uh, which are kind of like prophecies of despair intertwined with the hope of salvation. So I hope you listen for the hope part and those bits of the gospel in there. The first one here is a warning to the self-confident southern kingdom of Judah by way of the downfall of Samaria, which is the capital of the northern kingdom. And this is Isaiah 28. Woe to the majestic crown of Ephraim's drunkards and to the fading flower of its beautiful splendor, which is on the summit above the rich valley. 
Woe to those overcome with wine. Look, the Lord has a strong and mighty one, like a devastating hailstorm, like a storm with strong flooding water. He will bring it across the land with his hand. The majestic crown of Ephraim's drunkards will be trampled underfoot. The fading flower of his beautiful splendor, which is on the summit above the rich valley, will be like a ripe fig before the summer harvest. Whoever sees it will swallow it while it is still in his hand. On that day, the Lord of armies will become a crown of beauty and a diadem of splendor to the remnant of his people, a spirit of justice to the one who sits in judgment, and strength to those who repel attacks at the city gate. Even these stagger because of wine and stumble under the influence of beer. Priest and prophet stagger because of beer. They're confused because of wine. They stumble because of beer. They are muddled in their visions. They stumble in their judgments. Indeed, all their tables are covered with vomit. There is no place without a stench. Who is he trying to teach? Who is he trying to instruct? By the way, this little part is in quotation marks and theologians think they were the the accusers of isaiah were like using like either childish babble or nonsense syllables you'll hear it repeated a couple times but it's in quotes because this is kind of like what they're saying who is he trying to teach who's he trying to instruct infants just weaned on milk babies removed from the breast law after law Law after law, line after line, line after line, a little here, a little there. For he will speak to this people with stammering speech and in a foreign language. He had said to them, This is the place of rest. Let the weary rest. Let this place be a place of repose. But they would not listen. The word of the Lord will come to them. Law after law, law after law, line after line, line after line, a little here, a little there. So they go stumbling backward to be broken, trapped, and captured. Next little heading, a deal with death. Therefore hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers, who rule this people in Jerusalem. For you said, We have made a covenant with death, and we have an agreement with Sheol. When the overwhelming catastrophe passes through, it will not touch us, because we have made falsehood our refuge and have hidden behind treachery. Therefore the Lord God said, Look, I have laid a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will be unshakable. And I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the mason's level. Hail will sweep away the false refuge and water will flood your hiding place. Your covenant with death will be dissolved and your agreement with Sheol will not last. When the overwhelming catastrophe passes through, you will be trampled. Every time it passes through, it will carry you away. It will pass through every morning, every day, and every night. Only terror will cause you to understand the message. Indeed, the bed is too short to stretch out on and its cover too small to wrap up in, for the Lord will rise up as he did at Mount Perizim. He will rise in wrath as at the valley of Gibeon to do his work, his unexpected work, and to perform his task, his unfamiliar task. So now, 
do not scoff or your shackles will become stronger. Indeed, I have heard from the Lord God of armies a decree of destruction for the whole land. Next little section, God's wonderful advice. Listen and hear my voice. Pay attention and hear what I say. Does the plowman plow every day to plant seed? Does he continuously break up and cultivate the soil? When he has leveled its surface, does he not then scatter black cumin and sow cumin? He plants wheat in rows and barley in plots with spelt as their border. His God teaches him order. He instructs him. Certainly black cumin is not threshed with a threshing board and a cartwheel is not rolled over the cumin, but black cumin is beaten out with a stick and cumin with a rod. Bread grain is crushed, but it is not threshed endlessly. Though the wheel of the farmer's cart rumbles, his horses do not crush it. This also comes from the Lord of Armies. He gives wondrous advice. He gives great wisdom. And that's chapter 28. So now we, we're going to sneak into um, chapter 29, but I want to give you a little transition. The leaders were mocking Isaiah's messages, right? Acting in a sense of, as if he were an adult lecturing a child. A little here, a little there. Uh, was a method used in teaching children. Importantly, if there's a kind of a big picture here, it's that when divine warnings and appeals become gibberish to the spiritually insensitive, they have no guidance and therefore are doomed to destruction. A church may similarly be tempted to follow every trend of wisdom or spiritual insight coming from outside of God's word. And we should never forget that God's final word and self-disclosure is found in Jesus alone. In the next couple of months in chapter 29, the Lord warned that he would bring a military crisis upon the spiritually complacent Jerusalem, speaking to the southern kingdom here, and what you're going to hear, Jerusalem called Ariel, like a name, and the meaning and contextual significance of this name are, are uncertain, right? The coming crisis will be severe. God will suddenly rescue the city afterwards, uh, which is something that we know happened in 701 BC, and eventually God would restore spiritual awareness, justice, and covenantal loyalty to the land. Isaiah 29. Woe to Ariel, Ariel, the city where David camped. Continue year after year. Let the festivals recur. I will oppress Ariel, and there will be mourning and crying, and she will be to me like an Ariel. I will camp in a circle around you. I will besiege you with earth ramps. I will set up my siege towers against you. You will be brought down. You will speak from the ground, and your words will come from low in the dust. Your voice will be like that of a spirit from the ground. Your speech will whisper from the dust. Your many foes will be like fine dust, and many of the ruthless will be like blowing chaff. Then suddenly, in an instant, you will be punished by the Lord of armies with thunder, earthquake, and loud noise, storm, tempest, and a flaming, consuming fire. 
all the many nations going out to battle against Ariel, all the attackers, the siege works against her and those who oppress her, will then be like a dream, a vision in the night. It will be like a hungry one who dreams he is eating, then wakes and still is hungry. And like a thirsty one who dreams he is drinking, then wakes and is still thirsty, longing for water. So it will be for all the many nations who go to battle against Mount Zion. Stop and be astonished. Blind yourselves and be blind. They are drunk, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with beer. For the Lord has poured out on you an overwhelming urge to sleep. He has shut your eyes, the prophets, and covered your heads, the seers. For you, the entire vision will be like the words of a sealed document. If it is given to one who can read, and he is asked to read it, he will say, I can't read because it is sealed. And if the document is given to one who cannot read and he's asked to read it, he will say, I can't read. The Lord said, These people approach me with their speeches to honor me with lip service. Yet their hearts are far from me, and human rules direct their worship of me. Therefore, I will again confound these people with wonder after wonder. The wisdom of their wise will vanish, and the perception of their perceptive will be hidden. Woe to those who go to great lengths to hide their plans from the Lord. They do their works in the dark and say, Who sees us? Who knows us? You have turned things around as if the potter were the same as the clay. How can what is made say about its maker, He didn't make me. How can what is formed say about the one who formed it? He doesn't understand what he's doing. Isn't it true that in just a little while, Lebanon will become an orchard and the orchard will seem like a forest? On that day, the deaf will hear the words of a document and out of a deep darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. The humble will have joy after joy in the Lord. And the poor people will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. For the ruthless one will vanish, the scorner will disappear, and all those who lie in wait with evil intent will be killed. Those who, with their speech, accuse a person of wrongdoing, who set a trap for the one mediating at the city gate, and without cause deprive the righteous of justice. Therefore the Lord who redeemed Abraham says this about the house of Jacob, Jacob will no longer be ashamed, and his face will no longer be pale. For when he sees his children, the work of my hands within his nation, they will honor my name, they will honor the Holy One of Jacob, and stand in awe of the God of Israel. Those who are confused will gain understanding, and those who grumble will accept instruction. And that is Isaiah 29. And we're going to close today with a wisdom segment from the book of Proverbs, chapter 23, picking up in verse 23. Buy and do not sell truth, wisdom, instruction, and understanding. The father of a righteous son will rejoice greatly, and one who fathers a wise son will delight in him. Let your father and mother have joy. And let her who gave birth to you rejoice. My son, give me your heart, and let your eyes observe my ways. 
For a prostitute is a deep pit, and a wayward woman is a narrow well. Indeed, she sets an ambush like a robber and increases the number of unfaithful people. And that gets us up through verse 28. And like I was saying, or rather like Paul was saying, Imagine your pastor going, yo, why are you listening to those crazies talking about a made-up Jesus and being all spiritual with made-up spiritualities? There is a way of wisdom, and there is a way of death. Lord God, I'll just pray a really short prayer. Would you keep us on the path of wisdom? I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.